little puppy. I know. Is the that puppy, our house? The, yeah, that's Woody. He's barking. Literally, our like I say, our house. Like I live here. There's a lot to life, and we're figuring it out because who knows? We don't. I'm Jonah. And I'm Jack. This is the podcast of our crusade to be at least mediocre at everything. So today we'll be talking about metal music and vocals and vocal coaching and entrepreneurship. We have Mark Garrett here of Cardivox Academy to teach us more about this fascinating world of metal. Uh, Mark, welcome to our podcast. We're excited to learn more about you and how you figured out metal music. I think we want to jump into just telling us about yourself in general. Just, you know, a brief, just a brief overview of your entire life. Um, <laughs> and then we'll get into a little bit more detailed questions. Sure. All right. So a brief overview of my entire life. Well, billions of years ago, all matter compressed <laughs> and exploded. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah. So born and raised here in Arizona in a very musical family. My mom and dad, they were always playing the guitar and singing around the house. Um, and we we went to church a lot. Like we would go to church every Saturday. We were we were we were the weird ones who went to church on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And um, we would oftentimes go on like Wednesdays and Thursdays. And I I had a great time. Like, I loved it. I loved it. Um, and there was a lot of music in church, right? And so I was just kind of surrounded by it. Um, and I think that just kind of got me used to the idea of music being a part of life, like just something you're you're constantly doing. Um, <clears throat> so growing up, I was always listening to like rock and just anything, anything really. And all sorts, all sorts of other crazy hobbies aside, I was always interested in like weird niche singing sounds. So like, you know, listening to the radio was totally fun, but I'd get on the internet and I'd like scour through the slow internet of like 2002 and um, <laughs> find like throat Mongolian throat singing. And I'd be like, that's weird. Mm. That's cool. That's, you know, and, and um, eventually, eventually I, I came across um, like metal music. Right. And like the more, I, I guess, for lack of a better term, like the more extreme side of metal music, right? So, you know, you've got like your Metallica and your, your, you know, Black Sabbath and things like that. And those are indisputably metal. But then I started finding the, the first like metal band, like, like really heavy, like harsh um, metal band I heard was a, was a band called Necrophagist. And I hated it, <laughs> hated it. I was like, this is not even singing. This is not even music. And the next day, because my sister, um, one of her her boyfriend at the time gave her the CD. Right. And so the next day I was like, I'm going to listen to this garbage music. And then I was like, yeah, this is trash. And then the next day I was like, I'm going to listen to this garbage, garbage CD again. Repeat that over a week. And I was like, this is awesome. Um, <laughs> and I, I learned to love it. And ever since then, you know, no matter what I do, um, music, music is just one of my favorite things, right? I'd lose my eyesight before I lost my hearing, you know, um, had a bunch of different jobs that were really unfulfilling and finally decided like, you know, there's a lot about music. I don't know, but I know enough. <laughs> I know enough mm-hmm. to where I could teach people how to do what I do. And, uh, I just, you know, made a plan and did it. And it's still terrifying for sure. Um, <laughs> in a lot of ways, but yeah. 
you you started out in a very musically family or mm-hmm. a music family, and then you know it, it just kind of led you to where you are now. Um, you've been in a couple bands, yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. So how how did that happen? How did you go from going to church, mm-hmm. you know, like listening to music to actually singing, writing, all that kind of stuff in in <laughs> bands? Yeah. So it's actually it's it's a pretty it's a pretty typical story for a lot of like, I think, I think metal people, metal has the advantage of it has to sound, it's supposed to sound kind of gritty and kind of harsh, right? So it's not like you want to start a career in pop and everything has to be perfectly polished. Like it's totally okay if you start, start a metal band um, and it sounds really rough. So it's easy to start. It's hard to master, but it's easy to start. So for me, um, I was up at NAU and um, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what we all got in common. <laughs> um, I was up at NAU in uh, Riley Hall and my Ooh, buddy. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So my buddy Nico, he uh, was staying in Riley and we would play Magic the Gathering. And one day it just kind of came up in conversation. He's like, hey, do you like this band called uh, Bring Me the Horizon? And Bring Me the Horizon has gone through a ton of changes over their career now they're more like more poppy but at the time they were very Mm -hmm. like just metal like screaming and you remember like the scene kid haircuts you know like Mm -hmm. with the black hair in the face and the kids always swishing their heads you know um Mm -hmm. yeah been there done that oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) me right now (laughs) hell yeah um and i was like yes i do and so we just found like we had this commonality uh like this common ground in in metal music and he had a little little tiny recording studio in his room and he had been in like high school metal bands here in arizona right um the i oh he's he's gonna hear this and he's gonna hate that i mentioned them so i'm gonna mention them high school <laughs> bands like like tainted winter and amidst the silence and um whenever i bring those bands up he's like why do you do this to me um, i'm gonna youtube <laughs> immediately oh you should i don't know if there's anything <laughs> i don't know if there's anything up anymore but um he's like hey man you like we should write music together and i was like i don't know how to play anything and he's like well just scream and i was like what he's like yeah just here's a microphone go and it was hot garbage um but it was mm-hmm. also a ton of fun right i sounded like shit but i had so much fun so then he and I would just do that like every like two or three days a week when we're supposed to be studying. We're playing Magic the <laughs> Gathering and writing terrible, writing terrible metal music. Um, <laughs> and then we just kind of became best friends. He moved down to um, he moved down to Phoenix. And then every time I would come home, we would carve out some time and we'd just write just terrible songs together. But they slowly got a little bit better. They slowly got a little bit better. And then finally, you know, I, uh, I had gotten really sick in in college um my brain was like hey let's let's have a little bit of a let's have a little bit of a freak out and i was like all right that sounds that sounds good so i wasn't doing very well academically um and i decided to just kind of take a break from school and he's like hey if you're going to take a break from school you want to start a metal band and i was like you know what hell yeah i'm literally not (laughs) doing anything else with my life right now (laughs) so sure so i i moved down um i got like a part-time job at the mall right just what store? Um, Black Hot topic. Hot topic. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I was, Hollister. I was, I was at Arizona Mills Mall working at Black Market Minerals. Oh, okay. sick! Yeah. I love that store still. That that is one of the most fun jobs I've ever had. That, I bet. I loved it. I mean, it was like retail pay, but I was living with my parents. What what am I doing anyway? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> at all the time that I wasn't at work, I was either playing the Magic the Gathering or 
writing music. And that's just like, I just had somebody who didn't care how much I sucked and I didn't care how much they sucked and we just had fun. So it was like, no judgment. Let's just write stuff. And eventually, eventually it turned out, turned out okay. At this point, though, I will say he was in a pretty established local band called Composer Meet Corpse, which is a line from um, I Am Legend, the book. And uh, oh. that band, that band was actually pretty good. And so I had a little bit of an in there. From there? Mm-hmm. What was that band name? You and Nico. Oh. And then from there, what was like your band transition? Sure, sure. So we started a band and we didn't have a name for it right away, but we decided to mm. name it Kardashev. At the time, we were just jamming and it was funny. So Nico and the bassist at the time, Chris, they were like, let's find a let's find a vocalist. And so Nico was like, you should audition. And I was like, nah. And he's like, do it. And I was like, all right. <laughs> and so I auditioned. <laughs> I, I. And it's funny, after I left, Nico told me the bassist, he was like, don't let this guy in, dude. Don't do it. And and you know what the thing is, though? I don't blame him. <laughs> I don't blame him. I think oh, if no. I had heard me, I probably would have been like, nah, nah. But Nico vouched for me. He he, you know, he said, give this guy a month and he'll be great. And Nico pushed me extremely hard. He told me when I sound crappy, he didn't let me settle. Um, and it really helped. He did it very kindly, but he did it very honestly. <laughs> um, and thus, thus Kardashev was born. And the reason it's called Kardashev is because at the time, Chris was the one who was coming up with like all the ideas, like the, for, for like the lyrics and everything. And there's this nuclear physicist, uh, in Russia I believe he's still alive. His name is Nikolai Kardashev. So we totally just ripped off the guy's last name. I mean, that's what it is. And he came up with this scale, the Kardashev scale. And it basically measures like theoretical alien species based on their like energy use and advancement. And he was like, I really want to write an album about the Kardashev scale. So our demo called Kardashev, the songs are called Tier 1, Tier 2 tier three for each scale of the yeah super creative right we like literally were just like this guy's last name <laughs> this guy's ideas <laughs> but yeah and, and thus that was born and that's all i did for a really long time so the the second band that i'm in um right now i'm actually only on one song i'm only on one song and it's a local tech death band um called viramia and that I mean, that's that's a huge story in and of itself, because like I was going and seeing these guys when I was like in early college, I would come down and go to a Veramia show, you know, um, totally different music, extremely technical and writing, writing, God, writing lyrics and figuring out vocals for that song was a humongous challenge because um, it's something I'd just never done before. But I was like, wait a minute, I could I could be the vocalist in this band I've been seeing in, in college. And then finally, the last project is mostly just a for fun thing. It's it's honestly kind of just silly, but it is a black metal project called Never Breath. And the whole so we went and we saw um, a, metal, a black metal show. But the two bands that, that I went to see were uh, Dark Funeral and Belfagor. We just saw it and we we're like, man, we want to do that. And so the whole goal was let's make this the opposite of Kardashev. Kardashev, we agonize over these songs for months. Everything we try to make perfect and beautiful. Never Breath, let's just pound it out. So why is the mm -hmm. band named Never Breath? I don't know. Nico was just like Never Breath. And we we're like, OK, cool. And um, all the songs Nico wrote within like a day or two. I Damn. came up with most of the vocals just right then and there because it was more of like, let's just have let's have Kardashev over here as our professional life and let's have Never Never Breath over here as our playground. And it certainly shows, I'll be honest, but I love it. It's so much fun. 
It's so much fun. Yeah. It, I mean, you got to have fun with it. Oh, yeah. If your life is all work, like if the only time you do stuff that you love is while you're working, you'll start to hate the stuff you love. So you got to mm-hmm. you got to balance it out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So how did you get from singing to screaming? <laughs> well, uh, you know, a lot of it is a lot of it is was just situational. Like I said, you know, Nico handed me a mic and he's like he like he was writing music and he wanted mm-hmm. he wanted screaming vocals. He didn't want any singing. And I was the nearest person. Mm-hmm. So he just like a lot of where I am today is luck and happenstance and me knowing the right people. I'll be honest about yeah. it. Like, I'll, like mm-hmm. I like I owe a lot of my career to, to Nico and, and to Chris as well. Um, that's just what it is. Right. Yeah. Um, but he basically handed me the mic and he's like, here's screaming to this. And I was like, you got it. It's something I had always wanted to do. But I'd never I never thought of it as like a thing I could do. I was like, oh, these metal vocalists, they're, they're like so cool. Like, I would love to be able to do that. And he's like, so do it then. And I was like, well, what do you mean? So do it. And he's like, do the thing. And I was like, <laughs> maybe it is that simple. Maybe you can just get started. Oh, well, I guess I'll just get started then. And it was kind of like this weird moment of like, you can do whatever you want. You just got to start and not be afraid of being terrible at first. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's what maybe it was. Nike. Maybe Nike's on to something. Yeah. <laughs> just do just, it, babe. Just do it. Just just do it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it kind of was like, what, should we call it a Nike moment? Is that our thing? A Nike moment. I don't know. Yeah. If the- We're not not sponsored by Nike. Yeah. I will reiterate this. <laughs> but they should because we've been saying it a lot. And it's just one of those things that we're finding like people. You know, like they're just like, YOLO, let's just do it. Mm-hmm. And they jump right into it and they haven't looked back since. So when your friend Nico was like, yo, screaming to this mic. Yeah. Was it like, ah, or was it like, <laughs> like sometimes, because I used to listen to metal and we'll talk about, I mean, I, I still do sometimes. I yeah. don't know if it's metal. It's like early 2000s screamo. Yeah, that's metal. Okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's metal. Um, And sometimes it sounds like they're like oinking. <laughs> and then yeah. sometimes it sounds like really low or high. Like sure. when you first started screaming, what without screaming it or you can, what did that sound like versus like what you've learned over the years? And then also, I mean, I don't know if we've necessarily said this, but basically you provide lessons yeah. to uh, metal artists to perfect like their vocal techniques. And so like, how did you go from, oh, I'll just randomly scream into this mic like a two, all of a sudden, you know, you're able to coach folks all across the board. Mm. Sure. Okay. That's, that's a really good question. Um, so when I first started, I'll try to recreate the initial scream that I did. Um, I mean, this is like a, like a 10 or 11 year old scream, but I kind of just went, that's it. That's what it was. Oh my God. I found it. So my first, my first scream ever was, that's what it was and i just kind of was like doing whatever i knew how to do um and you know over time i i had a little bit of an advantage right because at the time i was in school and so i was in school for speech therapy and speech science and so i would oftentimes supplement the study for the school i had to do to learn about what part of my body was making these noises and what part of my body I needed to use to make these noises. And I mm. found out I was doing it just so wrong. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, eventually over time it, it developed, it was really slow. So that, uh, you know, sound kind of eventually became, uh, 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 uh. and then over time, flash forward 10 years later, you have kind of more of like a, Ooh. right. You get kind of that sound. So, 
how how did I how did I do that? It was it was ten years of 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 really diligent practice. Like it took a long time. It took a long time. Um, and even now, you know, even now there are still certain techniques that I have yet to learn, you know, or just want to learn to, to expand my, my toolbox. I know a lot. I certainly don't know everything. Um, mm. and so that's been a fun part of the process as well. But yeah, a lot of, a lot of networking, a lot of talking to other vocalists, how do you do this? And then they would explain it to me as best as they could. And then I would take what I knew about how the human voice works, put it on top of their explanation and be like, okay, I see what's going on here. I've, I've got this. That's awesome. I was telling Jack before COVID-19 hit, I started going to vocal, um, therapy. Oh, really? The speech therapist. Yeah. Because I have like nodes, oh. I have, like nodules and I have like tension in my folds. I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so interesting because there's so much about vocal hygiene and vocal health mm. that you don't take into consideration when you don't know a lot about metal and screaming. Right. And so I'm sure within the metal community, it's like, yeah, you need to take care of your freaking voice. But like people who don't know a lot are probably like, mm -hmm. they're just ruining their voice. You know, it's like, <laughs> it was just really interesting because it's not necessarily a conversation a lot of the time, unless you have a vocal problem. Yeah. And you know, that's interesting that you have vocal nodes because just your speaking voice right now, there's not a lot of attack on it. There's not, that's, I don't know that just, did they kind of give you an idea of where it came from or did you not even get that far? Um, we started working on it and it was just, I, I honestly don't know, but basically I'm a trainer or I was been a trainer at work. And so oh, I have to project my voice there it is. all day. And by the end, my entire back of my head to my chest is like sore to the touch, like vocal stuff is so real and so literally i'm not saying this to like make you feel super cool but like i think it's so <laughs> cool what you're doing because it's something that is so important like it affects people every day mm -hmm. especially artists like you know in metal so yeah i learned a lot about vocal health because even right now i'm like constantly pushing like mm. to get i have to push to get any sound out it's really weird Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, don't do any, don't, don't do any internet, totally just go with what your doctor says. But when, when you're feeling better, one of the best w things to do is Dracula laughs or the count laughs from uh, Sesame street. Right. Mm. Oh my uh, 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 you know, because uh, <laughs> that's, that's one of my most common exercises because like, um, you know, you, this this won't come through on the on the the audio here, but like you can, you can see me. Right. So I'm going to, I'm going to lean back here. If you if you watch my my stomach and the sides, mm -hmm. so like my abdominal muscles, the transverse abdominis, transversus mm -hmm. abdominis, you'll see that everything here is relaxed. And when I do these Dracula laughs, I get a lot of volume relative to like the amount of work I'm doing. So uh 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 and it's it's so you know it's 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 about squeezing, it's about squeezing the balloon of the abdominal cavity. And they they will have exercises for you. Do their exercises. Sure. Don't do mine. Um, they're the doctors, <laughs> but that's fascinating to me. Anyway, I digress, but <laughs> I've just been like, this is so fascinating to me because me as somebody who's never yelled, you know, or never screamed or anything, anything right. like that. It's just so important, I think, yeah, you know, for folks who scream as a living. The vocal health is, like you said, it's it's important for everybody. You know, the, the general um, suggestion, I believe it's from 
ASHA, the American Speech and Hearing Association. I believe they're the they're the ones who put it out. Um, but it's ten minutes of ten minutes of rest for every nine minutes of continued speaking, and that doesn't necessarily mean. Oh my god! Yeah. For example, <laughs> even though we're all conversing and taking turns, this would count as continued speaking. You know. Yeah. So, you know, when when you know after this. Y'all might want to shut up for 10 minutes, right? Um, and it's, it's, it's really important to do. And that's that's part of the reason why all of my lessons are 50 minutes versus an hour. So between each lesson, I'm just quiet. I don't say anything. Mm. You know, if I go out into the living room and my fiance Katie is there, um, she will, you know, she'll go to talk to me. And I'm just like, you know, nah, <laughs> wow. not talking. Nah. It's super important. That is so good to know. Because I used to do these trainings that were like, four hours mm-hmm. and I was just like by the end I was like my face hurts like everything hurts just by speaking loudly and wow projecting. yeah well, it's crazy I'm glad you're uh I'm glad you're on the right track to to get that worked out hopefully they can take Thanks, care of that for Mark. you <laughs> <laughs> thank you working on it working on it anywho I digress I you know I appreciate that topic though it's it's so important yeah yeah I feel like we'll we'll get to a little bit more about like vocal techniques mm-hmm. and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff in a minute here because that's definitely like the next set of questions that we want to ask. Sure. Um, but to kind of dip back into metal mm-hmm. um, and the genre itself, like you get, I mean, I, obviously you listen to metal. <laughs> right. that world. Jonah, you said you've listened to it. I don't. Um, I have never really listened to anything there. Mm-hmm. Um, so like as a music newbie, like what are some songs, like who should I listen to, to, to like get a taste, dip my toe into the genre? <laughs> that is John for a cowboy. That is <laughs> yeah. Arizona, Arizona band. I like it. Actually job for cowboy. Um, their vocalist, Johnny Davy is, I think one of, I don't know about the best cause the best is hard to quantify, but he's certainly one of my favorite. Um, he's certainly mm-hmm. one of my favorite uh, metal vocalists, but you know, metal is so huge. It's so huge. It's hard. It's hard to say. So whenever people, people do ask me this question, they're like, Hey, you know, like what, like what, what would you, a metal person tell me to listen to? And I always respond with the question, well, what are some of the bands that you like to listen to now? Cause if somebody mm-hmm. gives me a rock band, I'm going to say, listen to kill switch engage. If somebody mm-hmm. gives me, you know, if somebody gives me like a more poppy band, I'm going to say, check out Bring Me the Horizon because it's a it's similar to what you're already listening to, but it has those metal elements. Yeah. So, Jack, what do you like to listen to now? I'm more of like an oldies, like give me some Eagles, give me some Bob Seger, mm-hmm. um, Fleetwood Mac. I don't know if that is helpful at all. I knew you were going <clears> to <throat> say the Eagles. Um, with oldies, there's not going to be like that clean of a uh, yeah. clean of a transition <laughs> but i would say i would say honestly bands like bands like bring me the horizon and kill switch engage they're they're very they're very good um they're very listenable right um and then from there you kind of just keep clicking the suggested on youtube until you get yeah. until you get mm. a little bit deeper and you get a little you get where you like mm-hmm. you know now i know the social dilemma don't mm. let social media suggest things to you but um, no, I do it all the time. I buy everything and I love the suggestions. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> oh, there you I'll go. never listen to that. There you go. Yeah, there's there's a lot of good stuff out there. If you want like a history lesson, like you really want to kind of understand where different genres started, um, then you you would want to listen to like some like older punk 
like you know from yeah. from the uk um you'd want to check mm. out bands like black sabbath and if you're really really wanting to get an idea of where some things started you might want to listen to some like cannibal corpse mm-hmm. some dark throne but i would say kill switch engage and bring me the horizon are usually what i point most people to and usually they come back with like yeah that was kind of cool I, I i liked it just fine and that's that's respect respectable i i, I respect it yeah you can go from there i used to be obsessed now i don't know if this is metal like again i think i struggle with the genre i think it's a huge genre and so everything's probably under metal that i'm going to mention but um i used to be obsessed with blood brothers (laughs) i'm not familiar with that band blood brothers no oh my gosh i mean you might be like what the heck anyway so it's basically like screaming um, but like super, super high, like really high. Sure. <laughs> anyway, I was at a basketball tournament in California and yeah. I made our team like stop at the mall so I can go pick up a CD because it like <laughs> had just come out. And I was like, no, nah, I got to get this CD right now to go on my disc man. And, uh, my coach was like, no, if we're stopping, you have to play it on the, in the van yeah. for everybody. <laughs> they put that shit on for like two seconds and they're like, all right, you're a freak. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're not into this. And they move forward, but I'm surprised. Yeah. Blood Brothers is like early 2000s scene magic, hmm. but it was, it's like really high screaming. And I'm sure they didn't really pay a lot of attention to their vocal. I, you know, I would call that metal. Here's the thing. I've been in multiple bands. I've been involved in music for 10 years. I don't even know what all these genres are. Like I, they, they change, they morph, they like what's deathcore today may not be deathcore a month from now. So whatever, whatever Mm -hmm. for me, if there's screaming and it's aggressive, then it's got at least some metal elements to it. There you go. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I take the Louis Armstrong approach. There, there's good music and there's bad music, but I think most music is good music. So, I don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, I was gonna ask this too, but like, because some of the metal stuff, if you're saying it's under metal, mm-hmm. like some of the stuff that I've been exposed to have been like the emo bands during junior high, high school, sure. where they do a little bit of screaming, you know, the screamo music, like that's what yeah. we called it back then. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, would you say there's a difference between like metal screaming and and like that emo screamo? So that's a really good question. Um, And there's a lot to it. But essentially, I would say yes and no. Um, The reason is most most metal screams are built on one of two techniques right now. Not all of them, right? There are there are a multitude of ways to distort your voice. So I'm not saying if you're screaming, you have to do it one of these two ways. It's much more observational. If you hear screaming, it's probably one of these two. That's what I mean. Um, And it's a false chord scream, which exists by generating distortion from these two little flaps you have right above your uh, true chords called vestibular folds. And there is fry screaming and fry screaming is named after uh, the vocal fry register, which fry screaming there. There are actually different types of fry screams, some of which use it more than others. Um, But you like, you you know, the vocal fry. Oh, my God. Mm, Right there. Uh, Like use (laughs) although some vocal some fry screams don't actually use that as much as people say they do. Um, So, yes, I would say that they are. The same because most of those most of those back then were were fry screams. But the reason I'd say they're different is because they're articulating them differently, right? Like going back to the accent example. So if I say um, if I say, "Hey, what's up, everyone?" versus "How y'all doing?" Right? 
they were the same <laughs> technique, true chord phonation, right? So right now I'm using true chord phonation. Right now I'm using true chord phonation, but the delivery is tremendously different. Right? Like you, you, you get an idea. You're, you're telling a story, right? People's, people's voices mm-hmm. tell a story. Your accent tells a story. Hopefully the person listening lets it tell an, a fair story and doesn't judge you on it. Mm-hmm. If, if that makes any sense, they were articulating a very different sound than like, you know, the fry screams of like Devin Townsend or, um, Dan Watson of, um, of, uh, X infinite annihilator currently enterprise earth. Um, very different are delivery methods. That was a little long-winded, but did no. I sound do, do, do <laughs> no. I sound crazy or does that make sense? Do I sound like do I sound that, like no, it's, I mean, it's it's only some of it went over my head, but <laughs> that's pretty uh, good for Jack. Yeah. So I guess my question here is like, you know, who can and who who can't uh do do metal vocals? You know, are there limitations to that? Gotcha. Okay. No, that's actually that's actually a really good question. Um so I would say overall, overall, the, the metal community is, is, is pretty welcoming. However, sometimes I've had students who are women who have been told that they can't do it because mm. their voice is too high or, mm. um, you know, students who are men who like me, like my voice is a little bit compared to like the average guy. My voice is a little bit higher, but y'all heard how low I just got. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is a level of limitation to to our voice because like a bass singer like a a, a bass singer isn't going to sing as high generally speaking as like a counter tenor right but that's not the same as like you can't sing and that's where i get frustrated sometimes because if you have vocal anatomy you can be a metal screamer you may have different obstacles you have to overcome right you may have different different things that different approaches like the the same the same technique isn't going to work for everybody right mm-hmm. but you can find ways to make it happen right so i guess the short answer is if you have vocal anatomy <laughs> you can metal scream and i would actually honestly be honestly be willing to say like let's say somebody they were a smoker for a long time so they had their vocal folds removed and their false chords were impacted they could probably still create to d- d- create distortion on their soft palate Right. They could probably come Mm -hmm. up with some crazy cool technique. And the next thing you know, they've started their own like fringe vocal style. So um, I I would say anybody like and that's just the honest truth. Anybody can can find their voice and start screaming. It may not sound exactly like somebody else, but it'll sound dope, I think. Yeah. You know, yeah. Dang. I'm feeling so motivated because when I was in high school, (laughs) I was like, I would love to learn how to scream because I was like really into that early 2000s screamo mm. metal stuff and so maybe when i am able to get my voice under control i'm gonna come to you and see if you can show me i don't even know yeah. i can't even i talk really loud in general but i'm like i feel like i'd be your your hardest uh student nah i got i got I, you man i got you right. there's i could totally i could totally help you out but yeah only after only after you get the all clear from your doc <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> We don't want you to fuck your your vocals up anymore. Then. No. Yeah, Mr. I already Mr. sound, Mr. Podcaster. You got to keep your voice nice and healthy. <laughs> I know. I'm not going to actually speak again until the next time we record. So I don't know when that is, but there you um, go. I I had a question though, like, and I feel like this kind of goes into 
the idea of taking care of yourself. Cause like when I was in high school and I used to like go to all these little punk shows and stuff, I just really feel like they weren't necessarily taking care of themselves. And it mm-hmm. was like a big party scene when you're like late teens, early twenties, you can kind of do that. But <laughs> like for new screamers, new, you know, metal singers and all this stuff who are just like constantly just like, wrecking their voice if they're not doing things correctly and like in a healthy way Mm -hmm. like what's the biggest mistake that new screamers make i guess that could affect their vocal folds and whatnot the biggest mistake that new screamers make um i i would say that's a great question because every like one thing i've learned from doing this like this vocal coaching thing, I've only done it super seriously for a little over a year. And one thing I've learned is that everybody and this, I know this sounds like some hallmark card bullshit, but it's just true. <laughs> like everybody's journey is a little different. Like it just is. Mm-hmm. Um, even when I say that, it sounds like, it sounds like, you know, ah, <laughs> but it's just, it's just the truth. But I would say one, one commonality is that a lot of people will compare themselves to, another vocalist as they are today versus like their own personal goals. Right. Mm. So in, in, you know, yes, there's a level of like the way that you talk to yourself with that, but there's also a physical danger to it as well. Cause like these, these, like if you have never sung a day in your life and then you try to belt like Beyonce, like you're probably going to strain yourself. Right. Mm -hmm. And maybe you'll hit the note, but you're probably not going to feel good while you do it. Right. Um, Likewise, if you have never done a metal vocal in your life and then you go for like some of the crazy high screams that like Travis Ryan, my one of my favorite vocalists uh, of a band called Cattle Decapitation started by a bunch of vegans, by the way, kind of funny name. Um, (laughs) But uh, if you try for that, like you're going to have you're you're likely to have a bad time. So I think the most common thing is just starting slow and viewing screaming as something that you you build similarly to you to building a singing voice. Like if you're going to be a clean singer, nobody just jumps right into their mixed voice, right? Like that 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 mix of the head voice and the chest voice register. Well, OK, maybe I, I don't want to say nobody, but generally speaking, people don't. You learn how to control your chest voice first. Then you learn how to, you know, sing in your head voice. Then you slowly start to bring these two, two things together, compensating on each side as you need to. Um, and there are those crazy outliers who are just for some some reason, they're just really fucking good. <laughs> there's always that one person mm. that just is good at everything automatically and you just have to like say hey that person whatever they have i don't have it that's okay i'm gonna do what i need and so i think the most common mistake would just be start start slow and give yourself time start slow give yourself time compare yourself to your end goal not to where like this super famous vocalist is today or the other kid on reddit who is like <laughs> 10 years younger than you and screams way better and you're like what the hell <laughs> yeah that reminds me i tried crossfit once well for a summer oh and man it was like I'd never lifted before, really, you know, mm-hmm. and then I was comparing myself to like all these dudes who like live and breathe CrossFit, <laughs> CrossFit, <laughs> CrossFit, and um, yeah. I hurt myself because I was trying to throw up weights that were way too high because I was trying to keep up and it was like the dumbest thing I've ever done, you know, and yeah. I feel like for everything, if you're just comparing yourself to people's like them 
perfecting their skill over probably decades of work. It's so silly. And I feel like it's so common, like with everything, like I compare myself to Jack all the time. Like if we're making things out of wood, I'm like, man, he's so good. I suck. But it's like, yeah, I just like him learning. He's just, he's teaching me stuff. And I've like comparing myself to my teacher. It's so silly. <laughs> yeah. Hey, there you go. It, it, it's, it's more than just what you're doing with your voice. It's mm-hmm. a lot of like mental, mental stuff too. Correct. So talking more specifically about the, the vocal stuff, Mm-hmm. Um, you said you have a background in speech, speech therapy and speech pathology. You went to school for that. You did a couple of years of that. So how, how has that experience for you helped in your career now and your, in your job now with teaching people how to scream in a healthy way? For sure. Well, that's a very, that's a very, <laughs> that's a very good question. Um, <laughs> So, you know, one thing I want to clarify, and I say this ad nauseum, but I will always say it because the one time I forget to say it, somebody will be like, Mark is claiming to be a speech therapist. So I will always <laughs> say, so I wish I wish I had finished the degree. I will say that because it would have been really cool to to get that uh, to get that license. But um, it, it helps tremendously. But a lot of students will come to me from other other coaches, metal or otherwise, you know, maybe clean singing teachers. And they'll be like, this was really confusing because everything was a metaphor or an analogy, right? So it's like, pretend you're a bee, or, you know, (laughs) imagine a little ball of energy on your soft palate. And that ball of energy is what creates the distortion. And I will tell you that for some people, that stuff works. I, Interesting. For some people, not it, for me. Not for me. <laughs> but no. for some people, you know, imagining a piece of paper in front of their face that they that they that splits their voice or that they sing above to get into their mix. It, it, I'm telling you, it it works for some people. Other people, they are just that's they don't think in analogies and metaphors and symbols. They think very much, very literally. They're very pragmatic people, and so for them to be able to say. You need to expand your rib cage. You need to use the intercostals to open up that rib cage, and you're going to use your abdominal muscles to push up on your diaphragm, which is connected via via connective tissue called the pleura. That's more speaking their language, right? Mm-hmm. Or if I say like nasopharynx, oropharynx, laryngos, laryngospharynx, or laryngospharynx, just depending on how you want to say it, um, <laughs> you know, just kind of being able to explain to people like the structure of their instrument, like a drummer, right? A drummer can tell you the difference between the kick, the floor tom, the hi-hat, the ride, the china, all these things. For some people, that's that's the way that they work. So for me, sometimes because, you know, I don't have like the the classical singing degree, areas of like analogy and metaphor aren't my strength, but I can supplement it with with more anatomical knowledge. And And to clarify one thing, there are classical classically trained singers out there who know tons about the anatomy. So it's not like as binary mm. as that, but just based on the experience I've had with students, sometimes people coming from that background can be a little confused from all the, all the um, visualization techniques. Mm-hmm. That sounds like exactly how you learn. Yeah. I learn in the way where it's like, if you explain how something works to me or why it works, then I, I understand it. Like I, I, I pick it up. What do you feel like your learning style is? Very much that. Yeah. Very Mm -hmm. much that. Um, But I mean, I'm kind of able to, 
I don't know. This sounds I'm going to I'm going to say this and I'm going to try to explain it so I don't sound like I'm like being up my own ass here. But I can kind He's of so cocky. <laughs> God, there is so much I'm terrible at and so much I don't know. Um, but I can learn hands on. I can learn, you know, um, from like reading a book, something very dry, something a little bit more expressive. Thankfully, I'm kind of able to to make um, make anything work as long as I am interested in the subject matter. Mm-hmm. If I'm not interested in the subject matter, I, I'm an idiot. Like, <laughs> I just, like, I'm, like, I'll listen to a whole lecture and, you know, somebody will be like, hey, what'd you learn? And I'll be like, fucking nothing. Um, <laughs> You're like, what? I got nothing. But the way that I teach is very, very, very just to the point and straightforward. I try to make yeah. it fun, right? But mm-hmm. I definitely lean towards more like, this is your diaphragm, connects to your ribs. This is your soft palate. This is why these registers are called these things, sinuses, maxillary bone, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. For me, it's like I'm a social worker, as you know. And yeah, so I've done some clinical stuff. And a lot of the time with like therapy and counseling and stuff, it's like a lot of analogies and it'll be like, where in your body do you feel this? I don't know. Let's just talk about what I can do. You know, I need the step by step. Yeah. Um, you know, so it gets it gets lost on me when, you know, when you're saying pretend there's a piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I guess all of this is leading up to Cardivox Academy and, <laughs> and what led you to that. So, you know, you went from um singing and, and being in a band and learning how to scream yourself Yeah. now to teaching others. So what led you to want to start a vocal coaching business? That's a great question. I will preface this by how, how, how real can I get on this channel? Like how, how, how like real and how dark can I, I get? I want you to be Brene Brown vulnerable <laughs> baby. Okay. <laughs> Starting Cardivox Academy. There is a lot to it. Um, and on, here we go. So um, <laughs> part of the reason I didn't finish my speech therapy degree, I, I feel like sometimes when you say this, it gets discredited because so many people say this today. But in my mind, the fact that so many people say it, it indicates that there's a societal problem here. Um, mm-hmm. But I struggle with some pretty serious mental health issues, like pretty bad. Um, and it's just, it's just what they are, you know. And um, a lot of those stem from... Just being able to contribute, just being able to be good at something, right? And um, getting, a, you know, not finishing the degree, the only jobs that were really available to me were nothing that had anything to do with what I'm good at. So I was working in call centers. I was a debt collector for a little while. You can imagine somebody with serious depression being a debt collector, how great of a combo that is. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah, that sounds yeah. so hard. No, it was terrible. Uh, it was terrible. Um I found myself somehow in like a low level accounting role at some point. I was selling computers. Like I was really bad. I was always mm-hmm. underperforming. I would work as hard as I could. And, you know, I just kind of got to this point where the the weight of going into work and somebody saying like, what can we do to help help you do better? I got that's that question made me nauseous because it was like, Mm -hmm. if I fucking knew that, (laughs) yeah, I wouldn't be here. Right. We wouldn't be having this conversation. (laughs) Right. Um, And it just got too much. It it got to be too much. So um, I actually had a pretty hefty breakdown 
I had a pretty hefty mm. hefty breakdown. I had to go to the hospital. I was I was uh, mm. I was inpatient for a week. They they you know it, I have had enough. I, I'd had enough. You know I I was allowed to have a pair of slippers and a couple pairs of clothes. Um, no belt. So I was I, I was constantly like holding my pants up. Um, because <laughs> because I basically I basically had given up. Right. I I had given up. Um and you know I was with I was with my fiance. Uh, we weren't engaged at the time. I was with my fiance and I you know, she was just tremendously supportive to me. Um, she didn't judge me. Um, I mean, she didn't pretend like it was okay. Right. She didn't Mm -hmm. pretend like it was easy on her. Like she told me like, Hey, I love you and I'm here to help you, but this is like really fucked some things up. So we need to fix Mm -hmm. it. Um, which was very (laughs) valuable. And so when I got out, I was like, I have to figure, I have to figure something out. I'm going to have to make my own opportunity because it's very clear to me that the, the world is not going to give it because to, to, be successful. It's like, you know, it's so weird. It's like, Hey, to get the promotion, you have to be really good at what you already do. And so you're like, well, I'm, uh, that's it. It's over. So after a couple more years of dead end jobs, you know, I got out of the hospital. I was doing a little bit better, still really struggling with a lot of depression. And my band Kardashev, we put out a video and it's a live video of me performing in the woods. And the funny thing about it is to this day, I don't think that's a very good performance at all. Um, I'm, you know, still kind of out of shape and we're hiking around in the mountains, you know, up around Flagstaff, trying to find a place to do this thing. And I'm like out of breath and I'm like, oh, and they're like, okay, well, it looks like rain's coming and we're losing daylight. So you got to do this. And I'm like, okay, give me, give me like some time. And they're like, no, we really, we really should start now. now. So (laughs) yeah. So if you watch that video, you can be like, oh yeah, now that Mark's pointed it out, he's like exhausted. Um, But I'm going to look immediately after you should. No, you should. I feel feel like I've seen that video. You might've like, yeah. Do you do like, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Where you like pull your lips. I pull on my cheeks with my whiskers. Yeah. 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 And you scream and it's badass. And then you sing it in and it's amazing. But I'll have to look at it again. Also, (laughs) in Flagstaff, you're in 7,000 feet. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even breathe when I'm sitting in bed there. Yeah. You, it, that, that out of breathness was warm. It was, yeah. It was, it was, it was tough. You know, and yeah, that because like if I pull on my cheeks right now, you can hear how much that affects my speaking voice. So that's part of the reason yeah. I do it. Um, but we put that up and it was up for like six months, maybe a year. And one day I was like, you know, I'm going to go read the comments, which is usually a mistake. Um, mm. But in the comments, it was a lot of people saying very kind things to me. Wow. Um, and that we need we, we need such little encouragement in life. It doesn't, you know, to get the best out of somebody, you just have to encourage them a little bit. And Mm -hmm. I remember I actually got teary eyed because like Mm. I felt like crap about myself. Um, I didn't think the performance was good, but all these people were saying such kind things to me. Um, and I was like, you know, this is what it is like this. The, the universe is telling me what my shot is. And so I decided to start a vocal coaching business. (laughs) <laughs> and I was That's just like, awesome. you know, I can't sell computers. I can't collect money. Um, I can't, I don't know how to be an accountant. I'm terrible with other people's money. Um, but I can sing and I can scream and I can tell other people how to do it. So I just kind of started, right? Damn, I started small I have, and there it was. <laughs> I have chills, Mark. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Cause I really feel like I'm sort of in a position right now where I'm transitioning out of school Mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, what do I want to do? And I honestly feel like you're giving me a lot of motivation here because I'm like, I don't know if I want to do counseling. I don't know if I want to do this. 
and you're telling me that you can just like do what you want and make a business out of it? Is that what you're telling me right now? So, yes. Oh my now, God. Just do it. Oh, it we're I, about to Nike this. <laughs> we're about to Nike it. <laughs> now, it's going to be hard as hell and it's going to be slow and you should probably have a plan. Um, wow. And it's it's not like... You know, I think Instagram gives us this idea that you start your own business and you're automatically on a beach and it's like, no, you start your own business and now you don't have weekends anymore and you sleep (laughs) a lot less um, Mm -hmm. and you miss your friends, but you are finally good at something, you know, and you're, you finally, you finally work and then it pays off, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe it doesn't pay off like crazy. I go to bed exhausted. I go to bed sometimes a little stressed, but I never go to bed feeling like I didn't accomplish something. I never go to bed feeling like I failed. Um, and like, I will trade weekend days for that any day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. Saturdays, forget it. I don't care. Like I will trade away my weekends to feel, to go to bed feeling like I'm good at something, you know, and I'm actually helping people. So am I telling you, you can start your business? Yeah, but it'll be really, really hard and you should have a plan and you might have to work two jobs at the same time for a little while. Okay. That's good advice. You're honestly, you know, very inspirational in the sense that you just had it with working these other gigs and when you don't feel good about yourself, you know, like I don't think enough people really like take a look inward and realize that maybe they're not being fulfilled mm-hmm. and then they can actually do things that are fulfilling to them, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's crazy, you know, if if we think about it, like the world has so many problems, but like this is the best time to be alive. Like it is the best time to be alive. There's so much that's not okay. It's not for their lack of want or trying. It's interesting how so many people have so much to offer, but there is not a structure for them for them to do that. I mean, I'm I'm really lucky that I had all these people who vouched for me, right? Nico and a supportive girlfriend, now fiance in my life. A lot of people don't have that. So I'm not saying that everybody can do it as easily as I can. That would that would be ignorant. But to me, it's just so crazy sometimes. Like I wish it was easier for people to be like, you know what? I am really bad at a lot of things, but goddamn, I can make scarves better than anybody else I know. And like, <laughs> mm-hmm. why can't that person earn a living making a scarf? It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna get on a soapbox here, but I I wish <laughs> I think that I think that everybody has has something really cool to offer, and and maybe they're not the best at it, you know. But who cares? Like I I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not the best vocalist, and there are probably vocal coaches out there that are better than me. Like let's just be real, right? Mm-hmm. But I can't get hung up on that because I just got to I just got to do the best I can. And if it doesn't work out, well, at least I don't feel guilty for not giving it a shot. Right. Yeah, exactly. And if only the best could do it, only like 10,000, only 10 people would be working. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Even the worst person that would be a teacher for me could be the best person that's a teacher for somebody else. So anywho, that's. So inspirational and very motivating and timely. So thank you for sharing all that. I really appreciate you being vulnerable, Brene Brown vulnerable <laughs> and sharing us about, you know, your story and, and what kind of led you to this. Cause it, it wasn't an easy path and it still sounds like it's not easy, but it, for, for you, what it is, is that it's, um, it's just worth it. You know, mm-hmm. like it, it sounds like you're happy with where you are now and feeling fulfilled in what you're doing. Yeah, definitely true. Definitely true. Everything I do, I do because I want to. I only, I only take on work that I want to take on. And that, 
that's awesome. What a dream. It's, what a dream. It's a, it's, I feel very lucky. I feel very lucky yeah. and I try to be as thankful for it and help other people build their own voices so that someday they can have that. That's my way of paying it forward. You know, like I'm going to help you be as good of a vocalist as you can. So maybe someday you can make a living on music too. And I help you mm -hmm. get there as in, awesome. in any way that I can, I guess. So, you know, you've given us a few bits and pieces of um, advice, you know, for me, if I wanted to be an entrepreneur or, you know, is basically be ready to work your ass off, be ready to sacrifice a lot of things, <laughs> be ready to watch a lot of YouTube and probably network with people um, just to continue <laughs> learning and stuff. But do you have any other entrepreneurship advice for folks, you know, outside of like basically be ready to just like do work? Yeah, um, you know, I do. And it's not my it's not my um, own advice. Like, um, I believe, I mean, really any, any motivational speaker is going to say it and I'm not a motivational speaker, but it's just true. Um, is like, just, just start, like, just mm -hmm. start. If you go to my channel and you look at my first videos, they look terrible. The audio is not good. The backdrop, like I have this red curtain. Why? Like, what is it doing <laughs> there? The lighting is terrible. You can tell I'm nervous right? Because like, I know the subject matter, but I don't know what people are going to say. Um, just start. Don't, don't be afraid to make a bad video. You know, in, in Kardashev, we have three rules for writing music. Um, and one of those rules is don't be afraid to write a bad song. Just mm. what happens if you write a bad song? Literally nothing, like literally <laughs> nothing. Um, because you'll probably catch it before you release it. And if you release it, someone's going to love it. Like yeah. someone out there will be like, this song's the best. And you'll be like, I don't know why you think that, but I appreciate it. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. So don't, don't, yeah, don't be afraid to get started. And like you, you will absolutely make mistakes. I still make mistakes. I still, there are areas that I don't really feel like I know what I'm doing, but you just try and you got to have grit. Like just when something, when something doesn't work, you have to be like, well, this sucks and I don't want to do it again. So I'm going to do it again. You know, um, <laughs> so just have grit and start and, accept your mistakes. Cause like, I guarantee you'll make them hundred percent guarantee you, you yeah. will. And it's just, you know, I'm just regurgitating what a lot of other people say, but it's true. You know, it's what you do with those mistakes that really kind of decides the impact that they'll have on you. It's sort of similar to the discipline over motivation, Oof, yeah. you know, discipline mm. when, when you're trying to do things and start things and, you know, maintain and do all of these different things, having discipline is, way more important than motivation because because motivation can go away yeah oh yeah you're tired that day <laughs> you know i'm just curious what these uh vocal coaching sessions look like so if i you know i'm a new i'm going to be a new screamer if i come in you know what are those sessions looking like versus maybe folks who you know have been screaming for years and they're coming to you to fine tune or you know what are a lot of the reasons why folks come to you that's a great question. Yeah. So I would say probably 95% of the people that I work with are beginners, brand new beginners. They have never, most of them haven't even sang in their life. So a lot of people who are really experienced, they'll come in for like one or two lessons and they want to learn like one specific technique or they don't know what they're doing wrong with breathing. So we kind of focus on that. With the newbies, um, what I do is I have them, no matter what it sounds like, I have them, I run them through a quick warm up, and then I have them do a little bit of whatever they're attempting, right? So if they're trying to scream, I have them give me an example of what they're trying to do. They're like, hey, I've never, I've never done this. I've only been learning this on my own. This is what I sound like today. 
like i'm gonna be like okay you have (laughs) made a lot of headway i'm not gonna waste your time with certain Mm -hmm. things um so i always get an idea of where they're at but we focus on usually two of the three pillars of the human voice as i like to call them any vocalization that we do is made up of three pillars right it is our breath support it is our phonation and it's our resonance how do we use the Mm -hmm. air what sound are we making and where do we place that sound Right. Because we can mm. we can we can have a sound back on our soft palate or we can have a sound more in the front right here in the mouth. Right. So we can do a lot of different things with sounds and we usually focus just on phonation and our phonation and our breath support. Resonance usually comes later because you got to You got to learn how to safely make the sound in the beginning. And then it's a lot of diagrams and exercises who are the types of students that you get that's that's actually a really good question so like everybody obviously the bulk of my students like 80 to 85 percent are people who want to be in bands or they Mm -hmm. want to have a solo music music project so they want to be musicians Mm -hmm. but i have had a couple students who they have no interest in being a musician they have no interest in ever recording their voice but to them being able to make this big powerful sound would just be very empowering right Mm, like damn nobody's gonna be nobody's gonna feel like a meek small little person if they're able to go like (laughs) right like and so i've had people come to me and they're like listen i don't really like metal i don't ever plan to be a metal vocalist but this would just make me feel pretty powerful and i'm like dope (laughs) <laughs> let's, yeah. let's let's do it let's let's fill that if you feel like you've got a small voice let's use it to fill up this room like let's let's fucking shake these walls let's make yeah. you let's make you the powerhouse you can be right and sometimes you know after five lessons they've got a pretty good scream and they're like okay I, i'm feeling pretty confident i'll see you later and i'm like okay that was kind of that was kind of weird but i'm into it like <laughs> um, it's almost like yeah. therapy it's almost like yeah. therapy because i know when i'm really stressed Sometimes I'm like, I need to get oxygen out. Like, mm-hmm. have you ever felt like that? Mm-hmm. Where you're just like, I need to get all this oxygen out. And so I wonder if screaming would be like inc- incredibly therapeutic. Yeah, it could be. It could be. You know, I, I don't I don't really know anything about therapy. But for these people, they tell me it's it's therapeutic. And I'm like, well, I believe you. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I've got I've had voice actors before. Um, people who they just want to, they just want to learn to make their voice a little bit grittier so that they've got a bigger, um, portfolio. Yeah. Those are the main, the main types, but yeah, yeah. All of people all over the world, all sorts of different time zones. It's crazy. It's nuts. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. I'm literally dying to do a (laughs) session. I'm not kidding. The more we talk, the more excited I can see you get. I know. I'm like, I just want to try to scream in a way that won't hurt me that's all so it's possible i'm gonna be hitting you up i'll bring jack yeah um (laughs) that's so awesome my last question then for you is like what is an a call to action that you have for listeners Mm -hmm. like you know kind of like me you know they don't listen to the metal how how could we grow this genre a little bit more Give metal a shot. Mm-hmm. Give metal a shot. And by giving metal a shot, I, I don't mean listen to one song. I mean, like maybe like go on to Spotify and grab a playlist and mm-hmm. listen to like five songs. And if you know what, if after five to ten songs, you're like, mm, this is garbage, then like I respect <laughs> it because you gave it a try. If you go and you try a food, 
and you don't like it, that's different from being convinced that you don't like it, but you've never even tasted it, right? Yeah. So metal is certainly mm-hmm. not for everybody, and I totally respect that. Give it a shot. And if you hate it after yeah. you give it a shot, much respect. Yeah. Yeah, cool. at least try. At least, yeah. at least try. At least try. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give it a try. I'm going to go on to Spotify or YouTube, like you said, and follow up with suggestions, and maybe I'll put together like a beginner's playlists of the songs i'm like oh all right I can, I can get behind these songs i'll make you a 2004 jonah playlist oh my okay. goodness do it oh my goodness do it i'll share it with everybody there you go it'll be mainly um blood brothers it'll be mainly <laughs> suicide silence oh there you job go for a cowboy i don't know if like job for a cowboy and suicide silence are beginner <laughs> bands but you know what if i jumped right into necrophagist then who's to say yeah, give it a shot. Who's to yeah. say? We like to ask all of our guests this. Yeah. This is some uh what is something that you don't know how to do, but you want to know how to do or you want to figure out. Something I don't know how to do, but I want to know how to do. Um, you know, I think for me, probably I would love to be able to speak Spanish. Mm. I can like you know, living living in Arizona, there's there's a lot of Spanish around, so it would just be very useful, right? Just more networking. And um, my my grandpa, he his first language was Spanish, so it would oh. just be kind of kind of cool to get that back in the get that back in the in the. Well, I don't know what the term would be, family, I guess. You know, <laughs> you know, teach teach my kids two languages. That would be cool too. But I guess to teach them two languages, I got to speak two languages. So I think speak Spanish would be. Would be pretty cool. And then branch off to a lot of other languages from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you please drop all of your channels, mm. all your bands, everything? So that way everybody can go take a look. The The main gig is Cardivox Academy. Cardivox Academy on YouTube. That's where all my videos are. My main band is called Kardashev. We are on every streaming service, Spotify, YouTube. Um, Apple Music. My other bands are Viremia. Again, Viremia, I'm only on the most recent single called Glioblastoma. The Black Metal Project is Never Breath, all one word. That is just goofy fun. Go watch it. Go enjoy it. Don't take it too seriously. The Instagram accounts are the same names. Never Breath. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Never Breath is Never Breath 666 because Black Metal, right? Cardovox <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Academy is Cardovox Academy. Kardashev is Kardashev Band. Viremia. How do you spell Kardashev? Ooh, that's a great question. It's K-A-R-D-A-S-H-E-V. So it's like Kardashian, but the last couple letters are different. Well, thank you so much, Mark. We really appreciate you being on the uh, the podcast and, and telling us all about, you know, your life story and how you've uh, ended up here. And uh, everyone go check out uh, Kardashev, Kardavox Academy. We appreciate your time, your energy, and uh, teaching us all this stuff. You know, we want, we're not going to be experts of metal, but it's been such a joy to talk to somebody who has not only dedicated a lot of their time, but a lot of their life to uh, metal and something that they're passionate about. So we're really appreciative. Hell yeah. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. It's been a hoot. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe and share with your friends. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at who knows we don't pod. You can send us a message uh, with what topics you're interested in hearing more about. And if you want to be a guest on the podcast, we would love to have you on. Please drop us a line. 
Love you, boo-boo. Love you. <laughs>